chapter 1. We're going to start a series today called The Power of Yes. The Power of Yes. So you have your phone or tablet, you have your Bible. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and then we're going to end up in Luke chapter 5 as well. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and then ultimately Luke chapter 5. The Power of Yes. The Power of Yes. There is something powerful in the word yes. In fact, I think the, the word yes is a very powerful word. We're going to talk about why it is and how that can just change your life. The power of yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse number 20, says this, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Look at it again. It says this, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. I said all the promises of God. Come on now, all the promises of God are yes. Woo, if we really believe that, we could just go home. But some don't, so we're going to stay here, all right? So I want you to know that the promises of God are already stamped yes. In fact, let me read this to you. I want to read this to you from the Message Bible. The Message Bible is a paraphrase by a guy named Eugene Peterson. Listen to what he says. He says, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes, yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. God's yes, watch this, it says this, God's yes and our yes together. When our yes comes together with God's yes. I know that some people have really a difficult time saying yes. They just kind of default to no. Because it's just easier. You know, whenever we see a question mark, sometimes we just go, eh, I don't know about that. And so I'm just going to say no to that. I'm just going to immediately start to say no. You walk out of a grocery store and you see somebody there, somebody starts coming your way and they got a gas can in their hand and you're going, no. No, 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 no. Can I, can you, you want to buy something? No, I don't want to buy anything. I don't want, no, just, we just default to no. It just becomes easier. You want to go anywhere? No, I don't want to go anywhere. You want to see anybody? No, I don't want to see anybody. You want to go out to dinner? No, I don't want to go anywhere. It's just become so easy just to say no. And sometimes people are so filled with disappointment, right? Because they said yes and, and it didn't work out or they, they tried something and it, it didn't come to pass, or they, they took a risk and it didn't pay off, and because they tried it, because they, they took the risk and they didn't see the reward on the other side of it, now it's just like life just becomes one big series of no. I, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to volunteer. No, I don't want to go anywhere. No, I don't want to change. No, no, no. But the truth is, is that the reason you're here today is because you said yes to something. The reason you're in the seat that you're in is because you said yes to something. The reason you live where you live is because you said yes to something. So our life is actually a series of yeses. 
And the good news about God is this. All his promises are yes. God has never failed to fulfill on his promises. When he promises something, he always delivers. So that when God promises us something and we have to respond to his inquiry, we have to respond to what he's asking, we have to respond to him in any way, we can always respond the same way to God. God, the answer for me is always yes because the answer that you're giving me is is a promise that has a yes attached to it. Amen? God's promises are yes and amen. They're yes and amen. He's never failed us. He's never failed to deliver on a promise. So instead of looking at God with a big question mark, we look at God with an emphatic, you know, exclamation mark. God, you're a big yes. And you need to know this. Your life has yes written all over it. Amen? God sees you and he goes, look, I've got promises for that man. I've got promises for that woman. I've got promises for their family. And those promises are yes. Amen. And we have to respond in kind. It's God's yes and our yes coming together. Amen. We have to say yes. In fact, I would argue with this, that the most powerful thing you own is your ability to say yes and to say no. The most powerful thing you want is your ability to say yes and no. It is the power of your choice. God did not create you to be a robot. He did not create you to be a puppet. You're not a marionette on a string that he's able to control with just a whim. He did not create you to be that way. He created you with the power of choice, the power to say no. He does say to you, look, I've put before you life and death. I've put before you blessings and cursings, and let me give you some suggestions. Choose life. Choose blessings. Say yes, but you don't have to. Huh? There's no requirement from heaven that it's going to force you into his will. There's no requirement from heaven that's going to force you into God's purpose for your life. It's just an offer. It's just an offer. He's just asking you, do you want it? Is there something different out there that you're searching for? So you just have to go, okay, now, am I going to say yes to this? Yes to this. Luke chapter 5, we find an interesting story. It's the very beginning of a relationship that would change the course of one man's life. Watch this. Luke chapter 5, Jesus is, is teaching the multitude, and it says this in verse number 1, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. And we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and lift, they filled both the boats, so they began to sink. And when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
This is the first encounter that we have in the word of God of Jesus and Peter. In fact, Jesus is actually teaching from a multitude, a multitude of people on a mountainside, but the crowd is so thick and so heavy that he needs to get out a little bit from land so that they can hear his voice a little clearer so that they can see him better. So he goes into a boat because it wasn't just about the crowd for Jesus. There was also a divine destiny on a man's life, a divine encounter that was to take place at this moment. And he goes into an empty boat. The fishermen are off washing their nets. But Simon sees this guy go into his boat. And we're not able to hear the entire interaction, but I could just imagine Simon Peter going, what is this guy doing? He is in my boat. And Jesus says, hey, I need the boat. Simon, can I use your boat. Huh? It's just a simple question. Simon, can I use your boat? The multitude are waiting to be taught, to hear my voice. They've gathered. Now, let me ask you this question, Simon. Can I use your boat? And the answer comes back, yes. (laughs) Yes. And I would argue that that yes changed Simon's life. Just a simple yes. Yes, Jesus, you can use my boat. Because after that, Jesus brought the miracle of the catch, the miracle of the fish. After that, Simon fell at his knees. After that, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Come on now. After that, Peter became one of the disciples. After that, Jesus Jesus began to heal the sick He caused blind eyes to be opened. He raised the dead. Peter saw it all after that. After that, Peter was used also to to heal the sick. Peter was also used to do the miraculous. After that, Peter followed him all the way to the cross. And though he denied Jesus, he was restored on Easter morning. After that, Peter had gathered into the upper room and became one of the disciples that was filled with the Holy Spirit. After that, Peter preached one day and 3,000 men got saved. After that, Peter's shadow actually healed the sick. After that, Peter became a father of the faith and the founder of the early church. After he said yes. All going back to a simple yes. Yes, Jesus, you can use my boat. That is the power of yes. Because I say this, one yes to an open door leads to another open door. Hmm? One yes to an open door leads to another open door. One yes to an opportunity that God gives you leads to another opportunity. It's the power of yes. Right? It was Thanksgiving in 1993 that when everybody had left the house, it was just me and my mom and dad, and I told them. I said, you know, I talked to a man by the name of David Briggs. Of course, they knew Brother David, and and he offered me a chance to move to North Florida to intern at a church up in North Florida. And I said, yes. I said, yes. And then I would leave on January 4th, 1994, and I would go into full-time ministry, and I spent a year at that church. And I moved into a town where 
the population of the city limits was smaller than the church I attended. Did you hear me now? I said the population of the, the city limits was smaller than the church I attended. I didn't weigh out the pros and cons. I didn't create a list and go, you know, if I say yes, this is going to happen. And if I say no, this is going to happen. Hmm, what should I do? I just said yes. I didn't know what was on the other side of the yes. I didn't know all that was going to happen. I just felt like God wanted me to do this. So I said yes. Yes. And I left mom's house. And mom's cooking. My own bedroom. My own bathroom. And I moved to North Florida. And they moved, they moved me into, they had their own rehab center. So I moved into a rehab center with 15 guys and one bathroom. 15 guys, one bathroom. I said one bathroom, 15 guys. Huh? I just said yes. Hmm. And then a year later, they said, well, we want to hire you to be the youth pastor. I said, yes. I spent five years there as a youth pastor. Cynthia and I were married. We were having kids. And then an opportunity came up, a church about 30 miles away. The pastor was retiring. And they said, Brian, would you like to go be the pastor of the church? And I said, yes. Yes. Huh? And I, we spent five years at that church. We felt like God was, was transitioning us back to Palm Beach County. We were born and raised here. And, and so we came back, talked to Pastor Peters, the church that I grew up in, my pastor. And I said, Pastor, I feel like God's called us to partner with Trinity to, to launch a church. We were thinking about the west, west part of Florida. And he said, Brian, what would you think about partnering with us to, to launch a church in Wellington? And I said, yes. Yes, and we started this church. And the only reason I'm standing here today is because I said yes. I said yes to, to pack it up my 1989 Ford Ranger and moving five hours north. I said yes to saying goodbye to everything that I knew. Everybody that I knew went to a place where I didn't know anybody. I said yes to that. Then I said yes again. Then I said yes again and yes again. And it is through these series of yeses that God has brought me to this place right now. It is only by the power of our yes that we're able to fulfill the plan of God for our life. Huh? And so it was just yes. It was just yes. Didn't mean it was easy, huh? But I default to yes. It's just, it's just my default. I have to pray about saying no. Do you want to go there? Yes, I do. Yes. You want to go eat? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. It's just easy for me. I just say yes. I, I don't even know. I mean, when we took this, when we took the first job, I, I knew no pay. Yes. You want to be a youth pastor? Didn't tell me what I'd make. Yes. Huh? Took a church as a pastor. What's the salary? No idea. Yes. Started this church. What's the salary? No idea. Yes. I've never taken a job in ministry where I knew what I was going to make. I don't suggest it. It's just, it's just I defaulted to yes. Yes. Sometimes we go through these pros and cons and we're like trying to weigh this out. Listen, caution isn't a virtue. Sometimes caution will keep you from fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. 
Sometimes you've got to just say, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to do away with, with rationale and logic and caution, and I'm just going to say yes, amen? Because the only way you're here today is through a series of yeses, and the only way you're going to fulfill God's plan for your life is by saying yes. Yes. It's the power of yes. Amen? And we have to say yes because there was another God. There was another man that was with us. A young man, and we were in ministry, wanting to do things for God and youth ministry together. And the same person that, that helped open the door for me to go into full-time ministry came to me one day, and he said, you know, Brian, I, I'm struggling with this other person. And I won't mention his name, but he said, you know, I'm really struggling with him because he's told me he wants to be in ministry. He's told me he wants to fulfill God's plan for, for his life. And I've offered him all sorts of opportunities, but he keeps saying no. And now, almost 30 years later, he's never went into full-time ministry. Why? Because he kept saying no. He never said yes. It's the power of yes. It's the power of yes. I want to give you three things to think about today as we talk about the power of yes. The first one is this. You have to know that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. You are not the product of an assembly line. You are not random. You are not living for the weekends. You're not to be living for the next vacation, the next post on social media to get the most likes, to get the most follows. If you are living for that, you are living for something less than what God intended you to live for. You are a Christian, and if you belong to God, hear me this, if you belong to God to do anything less than what you were created to do by God will bore you. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. I don't care where you travel to. I don't care what you're doing in life. If you're not fulfilling God's purpose for your life, you are bored. Do you hear me? You are not fulfilled. It is only by fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose do we find fulfillment in our life. That's it. God has a purpose for your life. Know that. Huh? God sees you. Right? And he wants to accomplish his will in your life. And the second thing is this. You have to say yes to the plan of God. You have to say yes. At some point along the way, God is going to open up a door. At some point, God's going to give you an opportunity. At some point, you're going to feel a tug. At some point, there's going to be something that somebody says to you that you go, you know, I, I think I should or I might should do that or, or maybe, I should, maybe I should actually jump into that. You're going to have to at some point say yes. Yes. We've got a great friend in ministry. He's been in ministry for years and years and years. And he was just attending church. And somebody heard he played guitar. And he said, yeah, you want to you lead worship for the kids' church? He said he knew like three chords. And he said, yes. And now almost 50 years later, still in ministry. How did it happen? Yes. Just yes. He said, Yes. You have to say yes to the plan of God. And then the third thing is this. When you say yes to God, you have to say no to distractions. Right? Because with the yes also comes a no. 
And this is where we get to fasting. Because fasting is about yes and no. It's just what it is. Now, I appreciate that you want to step away from social media for the next 21 days. It's very noble. It's a great idea. And if you want to escape from TV for the next 21 days, I highly recommend it. But that's not fasting. Fasting is abstaining from food. I said that in the first service, and it was like the air went out of the building. You know what I mean? The air actually cut off at the exact time. It's like a moment of silence. Fasting, biblical fasting, is abstaining from food or certain types of food for a period of time. Amen? So get off social media if you want, absolutely. Push away from entertainment if you want, absolutely. But fasting is saying no to food. Because the minute I start talking about fasting, your body and your flesh is already telling you uh-uh. You're already thinking about the food that's in the refrigerator that you got thawing out, and you're telling God, God, you know that, that you wouldn't want me to waste food. There's starving children all around the world, and you know that if I don't cook that, it's going to go bad, and you want me to be a good steward of that which you have given me. I mean, your, your flesh is making all sorts of excuses right now of why you can't do it, right? Now listen, fasting is a season. We pray every day. I'll try that again. We pray every day, but we don't fast every day. Some people do, I don't. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I don't fast easy. I like food. And it just so happens that the South Florida Fair and our fast come at the exact same time. God did that to me on purpose. And then he laughs at me because I love the South Florida Fair. I love fair food. And I get one day at the fair. That's it. But I have to say yes to God. And fasting is saying yes and saying no. It is saying no to food or certain types of food. So you take that time that you would spend eating and you open up the word of God and you begin to pray and you begin to seek God and you begin to say, God, you're more important to me than food. What I'm believing God for, what I'm asking God for, what I need God to do in my life is more important than food. So I'm going to say no to that, and I'm going to say yes to God, because the power of choice is the greatest thing you own. Listen to me, listen to this. God wants to use you, but he doesn't have to use you. Did you hear me now? He wants to use you, he doesn't have to use you, he just wants to use you. But you can say no, Right? You can walk out of here and go, well, that sermon was cute. It was very nice. But that's not for me. You have the ability to do that. Or you could say, yes, God, yes. 
Absolutely. Absolutely, God. Yes, I want this. I need this. Something has to change in my life. I want to find God's plan. I want to find God's purpose. I'm tired of the nine to five. I'm tired of, of this year looking like last year and look like the next year and it looks just like every other year. I'm tired of living for the weekends. I'm tired of living for vacations. There's got to be more to life. So I'm going to take this time to say yes to God. No to the temporary, right? Now, this year we're doing something we've never done before. And if you don't already have clear direction, because fasting is, is private, right? It's private. Don't, please don't go on social media for the next 21 days. You know, don't do that. All right? just, just take some private time between you and God. Decide what you're going to fast, when you're going to fast. Now, I have a friend who's been doing this for years, Pastor Lonnie Johns. He's been here to speak before. He's a great man of God, great church. And they do something called a five things fast. And so I said, you know what, we're going to do that this year. And it really is kind of like a modified Daniel fast. And the five things are, number one, no meat. No chicken, no beef, no chicken, no fish, no chicken. You know what I'm saying? None of that. So no meat. Now, if you already don't eat that, then maybe this isn't for you, all right? Some of you are looking at that and go, that's my life. no then you choose something else. The second thing is, not only are you going to have no meat, you're not going to have any dairy, no yogurts, no milk, no cheeses, which for the Italians is tough, right? Some of you Italians going, no cheese? Okay, so I understand. I get it. And then number three is no sugar, no sugar substitutes, no artificial sweeteners, no splendors, no sweet and lows, nothing in packets like that, okay? None of that whatsoever. And then number four, you're not going to have any caffeine. And I actually texted Pastor Lonnie, and I said, is there a way around this one? <laughs> right? Because decaf coffee is from the devil, and I have to have my caffeine. But no caffeine, no sodas, no, no caffeinated tea, no caffeinated coffee, no, none of those energy drinks, none of that with caffeine. All right? And then number four, or number five, I should say, is no white flour. All right? So whole wheat and whole grain only. And that might be just an easy fast. So listen to me. If you do manual labor, if you work outside, if you have diabetes, if you have to take uh, food because you're taking medication, this is a great fast for you. If you're new to fasting, this is a great fast for you. If you've been with us for a while and you've fasted before, here's what I'm going to ask. Man, just incorporate some, some full fast along with these five things fast. And say, so I'm going to take my lunch hour, and instead of eating, I'm going to go grab my Bible and go into the car. I'm going to find a place to pray. Amen? If you're big on breakfast, and, and that's your thing, man, say, Addison, I'm going to take breakfast, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to open up the Word of God, and I'm just going to spend that time with God. I'm going to say yes to God, and I'm going to say no to food. And watch what your flesh does. Watch how it battles you, because it doesn't want you to submit to the will of God. It wants you to do what it wants you to do, right? So there'll be this battle, this battle of yes and no, but if you would just say yes, right? Just say yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. It was yes that brought Peter from just being a fisherman to here now thousands of years later we're talking about him because he changed so many lives, impacted the world from one simple yes now let me ask you this, 
What's waiting on the other side of your yes? What is waiting on the other side of your yes? I don't know the answer, but I know something incredible. Is. 